This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have the pleasure of having my old friend from the industry and always a guy ahead of the curve, Ryan O'Rourke, coming in from the great old state of Louisiana. How you doing, buddy? Pete, can you believe it's December of 2020? It, it, it must have, it seems like that five years ago, it was December of 2019, right? <laughs> uh, well, it's been it's been a rough year for all of us. We've uh, we've learned a lot, but you know, I've been to a lot of your webinars um, and and uh, you know, live events at URSA, and I always kind of viewed you as uh, you know a year or two ahead of where the industry was, and you kind of going through your presentation and putting up logos of you know top 20 brands and companies that are outside of our industry to say, hey, look, you got to think differently. You got to get ahead of where the market is and you know for better or for worse i feel like you know this pandemic has kind of caught up to the fact that what you've been preaching is now got to be put into motion and it's got to happen now uh so maybe give a little bit of background for the people that, that you know the couple of people that don't know you you know what you've been doing and um you know we can riff about you know where the industry's going and where you see the opportunities yeah, well, just look me up uh, at Brian K. O'Rourke. It's Brian with a Y, and you'll see all my various writings and the like. But, you know, I was a technologist and began in technology in the early 80s in the food and beverage industry and uh, have worked in tech for quite a while and didn't really enter the, the, the health and fitness space until probably the mid to late 90s. So uh, growing the Smoothie King brand, but uh, and then and then having a number of companies. We have 14 operating companies and uh, a number of our, our investments that we operate in and we work in. In technology, um, I'm also involved as well as a board member of Versa and sit on the Fitness Industry Technology Council that I that I handle, which is a nonprofit. So, and advise a lot of brands and uh, have written a lot of books and articles and all um, the subject and started talking about this about a decade ago. And uh, yeah. and so it's no different. You're a pretty studied guy in the in the realms of economics <laughs> and business. So you know everything you've seen happening in retail, hospitality, you know, food and bar, all of these different markets and and industry spaces, all the same things are coming, you know, coming to our industry space. And the thing that a cautionary tale for this space is the fact that in order for Google and Apple and others, or even Samsung, uh, some might argue, to be relevant to their valuations uh, in the coming years, the last marketplace they have to penetrate is health. Uh, and so what you're seeing now is an industry space that is much bigger than the ones that you and I were both in 10 and 15 years ago. I mean, and it's that poses massive opportunity and, and huge operating risk, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, when um, you know, when the when the pandemic hit and you saw Peloton's valuation, uh, and you just saw that they, you know, mysteriously stopped putting their their commercials on my uh CNN and MSNBC uh channels, you know you knew they were out of inventory because there's no way they would have stopped the marketing if they weren't out of inventory. You know, I think, you know, from a blessing and a curse, you know, the COVID is probably somewhat of a blessing for the bricks and mortar guys to say, Hey, look, like that's the only way I can reach people. And, you know, I gotta, I gotta actually think about my club as a relationship with a member regardless of where they are. And not to think that the relationship starts when they, you know, enter, enter my club. So, I feel like thankfully, in a weird way, if we didn't have COVID, we might have been too far behind, yeah. you know, by, by the time we actually got our act together. Um, so, you know, you've talked a lot about digital transformation, 
you know, the new words hybridization. I'm not sure where that came from, but I'll use it. Um, I, you know, I created hybridization. Oh, you did? All right. I'll trade yeah, Callan, trademark that with a TM. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't want that. I'll take I'll, Halo, by the way, is royalty free. So feel free to use the word Halo whenever you want. I'm, I'm going to use hybridization and we'll just do like a. Well, Amazon you know, used Halo. It's like, a bar, it's like a barter deal, you know? I, I don't have the trademark for a wearable sleep technology or else I'd go after them with a cease and desist, try and get a payment and then retire. So, um, but you know, you've been preaching this and, and evangelizing and I don't think that's too, you know, I think that's an accurate word. You know, you've been somewhat of the evangelist at URSA of saying, Hey, look, let's get, let's get there or let's at least be in the position to take advantage of this. So how do you think people are doing you know, what tools are they using effectively? You know, I think obviously everyone's kind of graduated from the Zoom to, yeah. to something else. But, you know, what's your take on where we're at and how, how it's going? Yes, yeah, so it's a big question, right? So, as you know, uh, depending on who you talk to, and I know that you probably have some proprietary research of your own uh, regarding this, um, you know, probably, you know, as many as 25 to 30 percent of rooftops in the U.S. will be shut down, uh, you know, and that's probably going to come to some kind of, uh, you know, way we can measure it by March or so. Uh, but at the same time, you know, COVID, uh, the vaccines coming out, you know, this may, may very well be a roaring 20s kind of scenario following the Spanish flu. Uh, and I, I wouldn't be surprised, even with a change of administrations, the Congress looking like it's going to be not leaning uh, Democratic. So you're going to have, you know, no significant move on taxation policy and other things that might support it's still free and easy money. Uh, and then you get the pandemic, a lot of pent up demand. So those macro trends, and then as you all well know, the macro trends of uh, underlying health and fitness is are they're still there. And you know, so uh, I think those are all positives. But in the interim, given what's going on and the level of expectation of customer, you know, they're going to be the haves and the have-nots. And so smaller operators are going to have a, a big problem. Uh, people with the capital and capability, management talent. You know, cheaper locations, uh, the ability to acquire. You know, you see, uh, UFIT just announced its reorg today. Um, so, you know, and, and that's some pain in the interim, but really a culling and a people's ability to restructure their balance sheets um, mm -hmm. and giving the opportunity for people to to grow and other people to uh, to coalesce and and many to exit. But you know, outside of that you know, the digital component is still going to be a growing dynamic behind the service of the member. Uh, the, the idea of, uh, of uh, convenience uh, via digital and in-club in experience is going to be center of the plate. And if people aren't focusing on that, and you're going to have some outliers, you know, you're probably going to have a couple of concepts that ban smartphones from the front door and make a kind of an interesting, uh, you know, hardcore statement about their positioning. And I'm sure that not mm -hmm. everyone it's going to need to be technology technologically advanced, but you know, for the most part, there's some basic table stakes today with respect to how a customer or member wants to and expects to interact with their brand. And so, the days of having an app just to say you have an app versus having a integrated experience for a member very different. And certain organizations don't have the mindset, nor the patience, nor the capacity to necessarily pull that off, and they're going to be harmed. And the ones that do are going to thrive. And so brands like Planet Fitness that are very much focused on these things, along with other brands, um, they have a, a huge opportunity to monetize the lifetime value of a member like people weren't able to do before. And so I'm very bullish. I'm also 
you know, cautionary about the fact that pure digital offerings are going to continue to grow. They, as you know, they've been growing double digits for a number, almost a decade. And uh, with the proliferation of devices and new platforms like Halo from Amazon yeah. uh, and others, right? Th those, those firms have got to grow and uh, to maintain their stock value. And when you look at Apple, for example, Apple is going to get in the health business. And that's been their strategy for a number of years now. And they have to gain that share because that's one of the only major markets they're going to be able to expand into. So you're going to see this kind of vortex of push that was starting before pandemic, right, um, Pete? I mean, sure. it's going to get more aggressive, I think. So it's going to grow a market, rising tides lift all boats. But if you are in that tide and you're in a dinghy, you might flip over. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, one of the interesting things is, and we uh, – you know, we run this uh, this uh, educational series called Halo Academy. And, um, you know, when you stop and take a look back and say, okay, Netflix and Blockbuster, you know, there was actually a time when those two companies were going to merge and the Blockbuster guys basically killed the deal. So, you know, as you look and say, okay, I've seen this movie in other industries, you know, let's take the movie and, and have a sequel in the health club industry. Like when you see an announcement of, you know, Apple Plus coming out, you know, some clubs might say, oh, bring it on. And some clubs might say, hey, how can I partner with those guys? Like they got a pretty badass piece of hardware. It's a really good software, you know? So why, why do I have to fight that? Maybe I can figure out how to be a part of that. Do you think, you know, when you talk about mindset, do you think there's enough mindset, you know, change to say, hey, look, they're going to spend a lot of capital in, in pulling off what they're doing. So I'm not betting against them. You know, how do I get on that train? Right. That's right. And, you know, because the technology uh, businesses, you know, software is eating the world, you know, uh, there's zero yeah. marginal costs for them to support new customers. And they have an infrastructure. They have a network effect because of the fact that they already have a billion and a half devices out there in the real world. So yeah. your ability to monetize uh, those people uh, is very high at a very low relative cost. So, and you know, Apple's gym kit effort, although it only represents about less than 1% of installed equipment today, their partnerships with their reward system. Uh, but the thing that I'm a little worried about for the club business, I, I don't, I think this is probably unlikely is, remember Apple's gangster move of, of, a, of, of you know, a couple of decades ago was getting into retail and they are arguably one of the most successful retailers in the world and no one saw that coming. So, uh, you know, uh, and that's the thing that's different than the Netflix days with Blockbuster's, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, no error. Uh, you know, that, that was at a time where the web wasn't nearly as prolific. So now, you know, you have to even be more thoughtful. But to your point, uh, Pete, you know, people in the club business better really look at those, uh, those brands as being strategic, but also partners, but also be wary because Barnes and Noble's, they uh, were busting the champagne bottles open when they, uh, our books a million, was busting the champagne bottles open when they did the deal with Amazon, but less than a year and a half later, they were out of business. So you got to be careful. Yeah. No, I mean, it's an interesting point. Some of the, uh, now I've had time to brainstorm a little because I'm on an airplane at 4.30 in the morning, flying out of Newark to, you know, uh, all parts unknown. Um, you know, if you think about like with Netflix, what Netflix should probably do is they should open up a Netflix and fitness and take over a chain of movie theaters and say, Hey man, half of this is going to be come in and watch a Netflix original. And 
screens one, three, five, seven, nine, and two, four, six, eight is basically streaming content and have like, you know, video fitness studio streaming with, you know, Dolby sound system and, you know, bring your kids and drop them off at the Disney screen and I'm going to go do a workout. So, yeah, so I think that their potential competitor at some point as well, and maybe the best way for us to get ahead of that is to say, hey, look, we'll, we'll run these things for you. This isn't as easy as you think. Like, let's partner up. And then also you take a look at Amazon buying Whole Foods. You know, I, I, it's not too far a move on a chessboard to say, you know, does, does Amazon go and buy 24-hour fitness or, or, or regional health club chain? And, and that would be great. I mean, there's Amazon lockers in some of the clubs that I've seen. You know, what you talked about, the Halo band, you know, I could see integration happening there. So, you know, from your standpoint and how you're helping your clients right now, in, in addition to helping the industry kind of change the way they think, you know, what, what are some of the highlights over the last six months that have been, you know, you've had a client conversation and you kind of came away from that and like, you know, might have smiled and be like, hey, they get it. You know, like they're actually asking me to do something that I've been preaching and I don't have to like convince them now. Well, so before the pandemic hit, you know, a lot of my work in the like three or four years prior was getting people to exit out of their businesses in this space right. uh, because I felt valuations were ridiculously high. I thought there was going to be some event. And if you talk to some of my clients, I'm not going to name names. I said, this has been going too well too long. Something's going to happen and you need to exit now. And I was fortunate enough to help a number of my clients get out. Yeah. Um, and now they look back and they're, they, they, they got to be loving you, right? Yeah. I got some guys, some money off the table and they're like, thank you. appreciate that. It's you know, even time, they're like, oh, the multiple, it's like only seven and a half. It's not seven and three quarters. I'm like, dude, take the money, have it in your checking account and thank me later. Yeah, come back another day if you want to risk some capital at a better price. But <laughs> back to your point, like you were mentioning when we were getting on the line about uh, what you call it, therapy for business owners. You know, I, I think I think a lot of the time now is, uh, you know, obviously the crisis of of operations in general and. Uh, people really focused on cutting costs. How do you operate and deal with the the near? I don't know. You spent a lot of time with people on that. Uh, yeah. Dealing with landlords, dealing with various uh, creditors, dealing with uh, you know the immediacy of issues. But the big the big challenge I see with with clients today, it's the hardest thing, is when you have entrenched leadership that's been in the industry a long time, and it becomes very difficult for them to truly think strategically. It's mm-hmm. very hard. Uh, you know, when you bring up ideas of like, you know, Amazon buying a chain of clubs, I mean, not that we're, we're saying they'll do that, but they could do that just, you know, sniffling their nose. I mean, they, these people are worth, tri- you know, Apple computers, you know, it's a couple trillion dollars for the company's value. I mean, it would be nothing for them to buy one of these things. Yeah. So, you know, when you have when you live in that world now, uh, it's, it's difficult to think strategically, really hard, especially if you don't have a hell of a lot of resources. Now, you know, there are some brands out there, and I can't name names, I know you know some of them, that they're, they're going to have the advantage of being able to function that way. But, um, but I think more than anything, it's getting people to think strategically and realize that while things will be behind us from this, and hopefully in the next six to nine months, we can move back to normalcy, uh, as I see uh, you guys in your New York offices, uh, the reality is that, you know, the customer is not going to go back to the way things were in many respects. And you know, you're going to have to either change and deliver your service model in new ways, or you're not going to be relevant. And so doing that is really the hard part, right? And and how do you do it? You know, uh, 
and, and a lot of times it's not just the technology, it's the thought, it's the kind of thought process and mindset of the people at the table. Uh, you know, they're too, they're too, uh, they, their minds just can't, they can't get their head around it. it yeah. It's very hard. Yeah. I mean, so many, so many old practices, you know, just don't work anymore. And this kind of shown, sh- 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 shown a light on that. Just to give you an example, because we're, you know, obviously this, hopefully a couple of people are going to listen to this. Um, <laughs> sure. Probably we're going to break the internet given that we had you on, thankfully. Yeah. But I was dealing with a client and I will not release their name. But they were doing some member transfers because they're shrinking the number of clubs. And somebody in the room said, the people that haven't checked into the club, let's not really alert them too much because they're like sleeper members. And I said, look, that's bullshit. Okay, those people are canceling. Anyway, why don't you get a relationship? Call them up and say, look, I know this has been rough for you. It's been rough for us. We're closing your club. How can I help you achieve your 2021 goals instead of waiting for them to just cancel? On the cancel on the contact us page. So do you think? Look, if somebody who's not using, I see these ads from like Wells Fargo. They give you a list of everything that's hitting your bank account right now, and they give you alerts so you can turn them on and off. So as a health club member, don't think that a member that's not showing up is going to into perpetuity not cancel because the new wave of consumers doesn't put up with that anymore. Yeah. You know. So have you seen? I mean, that's one of like the paradigm shifts that I think we need to proliferate. And, and like an active member who's getting results is somebody that you want, not somebody that you want to hopefully, you know, their ACH and their credit card goes through. And that's, that's, that's one of the main pillars of, uh, of thinking that's got to get unwound. I mean, even with marketing, you know, let sleeping dogs lie have been, you know, don't disturb those folks because they're going to cancel. And that is just a dead think it's dead thinking. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then on top of it, you know, the trends that are going on in payment. You know, increasingly, you know, that's going to change dramatically as well, where that's an opportunity for great companies that are able to execute on value add delivery of services uh, where people are saying, oh, yes, more, please. And I'll pay for that. I'll pay for that. And I'll pay for that, which is an abundance mentality from a provider versus a scarcity one, which is I just want you, you know, 30 bucks a month. And just don't bother me. You know, that that is not building long term value anymore. One thing I want to bring up with you, because you've been in the industry for a while, you're also a technology guy. Some people lean so hard on the fact that like, hey, I sent an email out, you know, and I'm like, just just hold on a second. Like somebody said to me the other day, well, I got, you know, 800 members and we sent an email out and they didn't show up at this new studio that were like, got all COVID proofed. And I'm like, oh, you got 800 people. Like, let's get on the phone and call these people or let's stand outside and give out passes. I feel like, there needs to be people are using technology in the club as a, an excuse for not doing the work yeah. and, and the work is to build a relationship. Sure. Relationships matter. So yeah. when you talk to people, do you kind of sometimes, cause you're like the technology guy and I think that's great. At the same time, you're also an operating guy and understand how these businesses work. Right. So do you kind of say to them, Hey, look, yeah, we got a hybridization going on, which is a, O'Rourke trademark, which I will now reference to you. And that's cool. Um, you know, but y'all say, look, you gotta like, like, don't forget, like there's a human element here and that's what that matters. Yeah. So the, you know, again, everyone brings this up, but Apple is a great example of how they, you know, that depth integration of human with tech is a very good example. And yes, emails are not enough, but we use SMS in a lot of our, our, uh, programs. We use bots, but those yeah. bots are backed by people. And, uh, 
you know, when it comes to calling the 800 members, that's a great idea. If you can't scale that, there's certainly technologies that'll help you scale it well. Uh, but, but in the end, you know, it's people talking with people. Uh, that's what you have to, yeah, you have to seek that. You know, I think it's a good balance, but you're right. I think people do use excuses or the lowest form of tech to think they did something uh, when they didn't really do anything. And, and being an operator, so we, we have companies, we have clubs in, in Thailand, we have, uh, I mean, we have investments in Europe and the Americas. We, we own the company Vertimax, which is a pretty well-known sports performance brand. So we, we deal, and I deal with this kind of stuff day to day, and you're right, even when talking with clients, uh, we also advise a pretty, uh, pretty well-known uh, franchise brand. So you're right. I mean, today you, you have to be more sophisticated than that. You know, you have to be more um, understanding the fact that when it comes to just emails, there's just a proliferation of that kind of content. You have to do a better job of uh, earning loyalty. You know, as, I'm, it's, as you know, in the last couple of years, the, the most valuable uh, asset that a business has is the degree of trust it has with its customer base. Uh, the trust is eroded to an all-time low, uh, yeah. according to the Edelman barometer. And so brands that do whatever it takes to make people think that they give a shit about them are going to be the ones over the long term that win. And, and it's how you behave. So to your point, if you really do give a shit, uh, sorry to curse. <laughs> if you really no, do, cool. if you really yeah. do give a shit, you're going to act like you give a shit. And giving yeah. an email to somebody is not giving a shit. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So the last question to just pick your brain on here for for our audience, you know, the power of the relationship with the group exercise instructor and the personal trainer has clearly, you know, been magnified by COVID and trainers having relationships that they have now. You know, I would argue that they own a lot of the relationships. You know, whether it's through Zoom or whether it's through Intellivideo or you know, pick pick a a platform. Um, do you think that from a mindset change, not just on your business, but, you know, understanding that like, if I own a health club, maybe I should think more like I own a Broadway theater to, to go down this path. And I'm like the stadium and like all these players are like the stars and I got to figure out a revenue share deal that makes them kind of responsible for what they, with the relationship that they have. And I'm like their bricks and mortar and, and I'm also like their technology trampoline. So I just want yeah. to get your take on that. Oh, yeah. You've seen that happen. Well, it, it happened with Equinox. They were going down that road with their own talent agency. Uh, right. What, that's been yeah, great point. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's smart. And yes, I mean, and that's really business as a platform, right? Because, uh, you know, what's happening in telemedicine right now with doctors uh, leaving in droves to serve on platforms and in, in different ways that even medical services will be delivered and monetization opportunities. People will pay for... Uh, highly uh, professional, personalized service. And you the battle for talent, you know, when I talk in my presentations about the execution engines of the future, it's uh, data, it's enterprise software solutions where all the data connects, okay? It's automation that comes from that. And finally, human capital. Uh, and so it's the balance of those four things. And so, you know, that will require people to rethink their business models, Pete. I mean, there's no doubt and do the things you're describing because, you're not going to get quality people to work for your brand or with you in the way that customers are going to get blown away by if you're just, you know, not doing something different to be a differentiator, not only in the income you can provide them, but in the way they actually work. You know, remote work is still going to be a big aspect of going forward. And I can see clubs having trainers or health coaches or other professionals using tools that don't even require them to be in a club. Right. Uh, yeah. 
that being a real, real strategy. Um, yeah. So, uh, yes, I, I, I agree with you. Thank you. Yeah. So, so in closing here, um, you got any quotes that are uh, some of your favorite quotes or quotes that you've been uh, sharing with the uh, with the universe? Uh, I wish I could. I think your quote. You know, we had a few quotes before we got on here. Um, yeah. Uh, but what was the quote? If you don't, if you don't give a shit, don't don't. If you give a shit, act like it. How's that for a quote? I like it. I like it. Let's go. <laughs> let's let's go with that. I'm all for replaying the best hits. Uh, all right, man. Well, look, it's been a pleasure reconnecting with you. Thanks Happy for holidays, you yeah, Happy thanks holidays. for doing everything you do with the uh, with the industry and um, being a thought leader. And I, I call you an action leader instead of a thought leader because it's not about good ideas, it's about executing on good ideas. So thanks for all your work, and it's appreciated. Well, listen, Pete, you're you're a legend. So it's uh, big news coming from you. Great, great compliment. The same goes back at you guys and your team. All right, man. Kudos to you. All right? all right. Keep doing great things, man. I appreciate it. Good to see you again, and be safe. Take care, guys. Take care, buddy. Bye. As we continue to build our Halo Talks email notification database, want to offer you a free $10 instant gift card from our friends at Promotion Vault. Also to show you how easy it is to offer your members and prospects and clients the ability to get desired actions out of them and reward them in real time, go to halotalks.com, put your email address into the pop-up box, see how it works, get a free $10 gift card from us, and uh, keep listening and making everybody great.